Welcome to the Princess and the Bee podcast, the place to be to build your empire as queen of your body, business, and life. I'm your host, Kimberly Spencer, founder of crownyourself.com, and I'm an award-winning coach, Amazon best-selling author, and multi-passionate entrepreneur. Each week, I give you the systems, strategies, and success stories to help you master your mindset, communicate with ease, and triple your productivity so you make the income and the impact you deserve. Imagine this podcast as your weekly spark of inspiration as you take it to the next level with all the bees of your life, body, business, bank account, boys, and babies. Let's make it rain. Hello, hello, and welcome back to The Princess and the Bee. As always, take a hot second of gratitude and thank yourself for choosing content that uplifts, uplevels, inspires, challenges you to rise into your highest and best. And speaking of rising and getting some range, I could not think of a better guest to have on this show than Cynthia Jai, who is going to help us all speak out and use our true authentic voice so that we are received and our messages are received with the level of confidence that we have in our hearts. Cynthia Jai is a voice coach, speaker, and best-selling author. She has helped people from 46 countries across five continents empower themselves through the power of their voices. Cynthia has worked with many high-profile clients, including simultaneous entrepreneurs at G8 Leaders Summit, a governmental forum attended by the heads of government. Cynthia has been a professional speaker and coach for the past 17 years, and her engagement spans four continents and countries and regions as far as the U.S., Finland, the Netherlands, Spain, Portugal, Argentina, Singapore, Malaysia, Hong Kong, Macau, mainland China, India, Vietnam, Thailand, and the Philippines. Cynthia has appeared in the USA Discover to Your Talent show, Singapore Radio Program, 98.3 Live four times, Hong Kong Radio 3, and Malaysia Business Radio Station, BFM, as a guest speaker on the subject of voice. Cynthia started her own healing journey through her voice 20 years ago. She was empowered by the power of her own voice and decided to help more people experience the power of their voices. She is on a mission to awaken Awaken the long lost power of the human voice, help people uncover the incredible power in their voices, and use their voices to better serve the world. Cynthia, welcome. Your experience is, is awesome. I watched some of your YouTube videos mm-hmm. of your training, and you are, are phenomenal at what you do. So what got you started in focusing on the voice specifically? Yeah, so you know that there's a saying, we needed to learn, we teach what we needed to learn the most. Mm -hmm. So voice was one of the um, most important or challenging areas that I needed to work on when I just started my career about almost two decades ago now. Wow. Yeah. Now, with the voice, what was it specifically that you were looking to hone or master Mm -hmm. um, 20 years ago? Yes. So even though I was uh, trained in singing, and I even was on my uh, school radio station in the past, but still there was something in my voice that was not uh, assertive, that was not powerful. 
And uh, so one of the most challenging areas I worked on was uh, the assertiveness. Mm -hmm. And the second area was to speak up, to be heard. And I mean, knowing what I know about communication, voice mm -hmm. is 38% of what communication is. If you're familiar, I'm sure you're familiar with the Moravian communication model. Mm -hmm. um, and for our audience, what the Moravian communication model is, is 55% of communication is physiological, 7% mm -hmm. is language, but 38% is voice. Yes. So how can you shift or adjust your voice for max to, to amplify who you are? Mm -hmm. So, you know, first of all, I would like to make a comment on the, uh, the importance of the voice you just mentioned, mm -hmm. because you see that that was uh, the percentages when we were talking face to face. But now most of the times, even on this podcast, we are talking uh, only audio. And it's the same for many of my clients. They spend a lot of time on conference calls. So when it's only the conference call, the phone, people couldn't even see you. So the voice mm -hmm. percentage is even higher. Yeah, it, it would be <laughs> like, what, 93% then? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So it's 93 to 97% voice over the phone. And phone voice is incredibly important, not just for, for business, but for anything in your life, it, it shows confidence. It shows your ability to, to communicate and influence. Now, in your book, Influence Through Voice, mm -hmm. you specify about the, how voice influences people's decisions on, on working with you. Yes. So how can we enhance our influence through voice? Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah, this also comes back to just now, the question you asked. So the first thing, if you want to influence through your voice or develop a powerful voice, the very first thing most people overlooked was to relax. Mm. <laughs> the best voice comes from a relaxed body. And uh, voice is, the nature of voice is vibration. So the vibration is very susceptible to any tension happening in our body. So when you're tensed, the voice is not going to come out very well. Like for example, some of my clients, when they're nervous, their voice will be trembling. So that was kind of the extreme example when you are uh, tense, how your voice will sound like. So one of the things people can do before they go on to a, an important meeting, an important phone call, or even a speech, they can make a sigh first, like, oh, oh I feel so much better already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So sighing. Now, I loved what you said about the voice being vibration, mm -hmm. because one of the things that, that science is, is discovering, and if I'm, if you've been in the, the coaching world or the, the spiritual woo-woo world, there's the whole mm. thing with like raise your vibe yes. of, of that perception of like, because everything is energy and our voice carries energy that is sound. Yes. And so how can you, in essence, raise the vibe of your, your voice? You said relaxing, mm -hmm. but what happens when you're in the middle and you're feeling 
super shaky on stage or in a presentation or in a meeting or in a pitch meeting or on a conference call. Yes. What can you do in that moment when you're suddenly feeling those, the, the shakiness and almost defaulting to, to habit? Mm, yes. So then they will need to do a lot of pre-work. So the pre-work doesn't mean that they need to prepare. Now, of course, they need to prepare their presentation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but the pre-work here we're talking about is to learn how to make the proper breathing a habit, how to make the proper projection a habit. Only when they become a habit, they become your second nature. So that when you are on stage, you are nervous, you don't need to think about how you breathe. Your voice, your breathing will just be there because they are habits. Mm. I love that because anything learn there there's a learning curve to anything. I mean, when when yes. we were toddlers, we didn't know how to walk until we toddled and we fell over multiple times and we modeled people who 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 were able to do it. Mm -hmm. Just like learning how to speak whatever language that we speak. There's always that learning curve. And in the process of learning anything, there's those it almost feels mechanical when you're putting on, when you're trying different things out especially in your body mm -hmm. how do you how do you work through that almost mechanical feeling in the beginning stages before honing your voice becomes a, a natural habit mm, yes so in the beginning we we are really like uh, the toddlers we are learning how to uh, crawl first before we even learn how to walk so many of my clients in the beginning, when we are doing the exercises, for example, just breathing itself, we have three different levels of breathing exercises. Mm. So some of my clients, they said, oh, I just need to uh, learn the third level and then it will become a habit. So then I always use the toddler example to them. <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said, now you're learning crawling before you even can walk. So they, are, they have to do the exercises on a step-by-step -step level because the entire process is we are changing the way your body has been working. I love that. You are changing people on a physiological level yes. using their voice and breath. So why is breath so important with voice? Mm, okay, that's a great question. Because you see, when we are speaking, the voice was produced by the air going out. So when we are breathing out, the breath out is helping you to make the vi vibration of the vocal cords. So if you don't use the breath, then this is how you sound like. The voice is very dry and uh, you can It be... sounds very tense. Yes, yes. And it's not supported by the breath at all. So that's why we need to work on the breath because breath is where your voice started. How has your background as a singer allowed you to, to giving you that support of breath? Because I, I, I trained in singing when I, was, when I was younger, when I was in high school, I wanted to be a musical, I wanted to be a Broadway star. Mm -hmm. And so I trained in singing um, and breath is, is pivotal. It's, it's yes. the foundation to yes. be able to get the resonance. But how do you, how do you hone that? Um, when you're in those, when you're, it, I think a lot of people have the perception that singing is different than speaking. It, so it how is. do you break yes. with those perceptions and how mm -hmm. do you, how do you differentiate how to use the breath between the two? Yes. 
So what singing has helped me was made my progress to develop a speaking voice much faster than those who haven't done any training in either singing or even yoga. So that's uh, how singing helped me. But there, uh, the similarity between singing and speaking voice is that um, the breathing and the way we use breath is the same. But the difference is that the singing voice cannot translate to the speaking voice directly because some of my, uh, even for myself, when I just learned about the speaking voice, mm -hmm. I realized that when I sing, I can sing with the support of my breath, with the support of my diaphragm. But when I speak, it was not translating to that. I was not able to use my diaphragm to support my speaking voice. So that's the difference. And that's where I learned. Mm. The, the diaphragm is so fascinating. Yeah. Um, from my, I, one part of my background is that I was a Pilates instructor for 10 years and ah. the breathing with Pilates, it comes from that, that diaphragm, which is at the, the base of the rib cage. And it's a lateral posterior lateral breathing where you're breathing and expanding that bottom half of the rib cage and then squeezing it in with your exhale. Yes. And one of the things is to, that I have found through both teaching Pilates and high performance coaching mm. is that when we're stressed, we're using only about one third and it's normally the top third of our lungs. Mm. It's yes. not actually getting fully deeply into that, that breath. That's so right. what practices would you recommend that people do in order to get more in touch with the breath to have more resonance in their speaking ability? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, so you know that nowadays, not only just people when they're tense, that they're only using one third of their lung capacity, but also for most people, because of the constant stress at work or at home, they are using one third of their lung capacity all the time. Mm. So to expand that, uh, the first thing they can do is to be more aware. So to be more aware is not just how they breathe, but to be more aware whether they are using their breath when they're speaking and how fast, how slowly they're using their breath. Because I've realized that in my clients, a lot of them, as we started to do the breath work, they realize, oh, I am holding my breath when I'm speaking. Then this is how they sound, they sound like when they're holding their breath and speak. Mm. So, and now how does that... How does when you hold your breath or when you have a, a nasal sounding voice or you have these, it sounds like you have tension. How is that reflected in how your voice is received? Mm. So in my workshops, I often uh, demonstrate holding the breath and speak. So it's like this one. And then the uh, participants will say, oh, this voice sounds uh, monotonous, sounds very uh, soft, sounds very fast. And also the other impression they got is this person might be hiding something like what I'm demonstrating now. The voice is not coming out. Mm. There is an unconscious impression on people. They, because they've not learned about voice, so they couldn't put their fingers on that, but they have an unconscious impression about this person. I love the fact that you brought up the, the unconscious impressions because... Yes. It's, it's our unconscious that we make our decisions with. Like when you're able to see somebody in person and maybe they look a little shifty, you walk to the other side of the street just to 
avoid them. And the same is true with, with the voice and, and holding. You can, you, I mean, you can hear when Cynthia demonstrated the, when you're holding back your breath, the mm-hmm. perception is that you're actually holding back from the other person's yes. perception. So yes. they don't know whether it's you're holding back the breath. They just feel know that you're holding something back. Yes, yes. And that alone creates a, a break in, in trust and makes you appear inauthentic. Mm, that's right, yes. So that's why some of my clients, they, had, they, they feel that they were not credible to their potential clients, but they didn't know what it is. So what does being nasal, how does being nasal reflect on competency? Yes. So nasality is the result of a tensed, uh, at the back of the mouth is very tense. So when they have a nasal voice, one is people feel that you are not going, you are not trustworthy. They, they don't trust your ability to be able to accomplish something. Because a nasal voice can sound very uh, young, very incompetent, like what I'm demonstrating now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, uh, we're not making fun of them, but just to illustrate. Oh, and I will tell our audience, I, de- I have the, um, the keen ability to slip into a higher pitched nasal voice when I get nervous. And, and you can tell. It's there, there is a, there's a massive difference with the amount of breath I'm actually expelling and where I'm placing my voice in my mouth mm-hmm. than when I'm at feeling nervous and in that space where I suddenly get really high and tight and it's like up here and suddenly yes. I sound like a little girl. Yes. So the back of the mouth is getting tense. And then what we want to do is to relax. One is the side, the other one, uh, it's a temporary solution, which is you can open the jaw a few times to relax it. Ah, I'm doing that right now. Okay. Do it with me. <laughs> <laughs> so looking at, looking at the, all that you've learned about the voice, mm-hmm. what, what are you currently researching and exploring about how our voices affect our ability to influence? Mm, okay, so I've been doing this uh, for quite long. Uh, <laughs> the, the new, the, the so-called new thing is an old new thing, <laughs> and uh, which was related to something that you were just now talking about, which is the kind of woo-woo, maybe woo-woo to some people. So I just <laughs> spoke at a sound healing conference where Amazing. I talked, uh, where I talked about how to use our voice for healing. Because just now we talked about voice is vibration. So this vibration, when you are speaking with a nasal voice or a voice you are, you are holding the breath, that vibration that sends out is um, not optimum. And uh, when we are speaking, whether we know it or not, we are sending out a certain vibrational frequency. So that's why you see, we hear some people, we feel very relaxed. And then we hear another person, we just feel very tense. That was because the different vibrational frequency your body receives. Mm, From the sound of the other person's voice. Yes. So when we are working on the voice, developing the breathing, developing the resonance, we are actually optimizing your vibrational frequency. So when you are able to do that, not only you sound better, but also the vibration that you send out is much better. People feel more relaxed to listen to you. They feel more uh, influenced by you. 
and they want to be around you. So how can our voices heal our, our, ourselves, both, both our, our own selves and others as we, as we use it with resonance and breath? Mm, yes. So there's another thing is that we can hear, what I say is we hear your world through your voice, which is, uh, for example, the voice, uh, the uh, thing that we can hear is whether, besides whether you're tense or relaxed, but also that where you might be stuck mentally, emotionally, physically. Mm-hmm. So that's all the things that we can hear from the voice. For example, some of my clients, they often experience the uh, sore throat. It's not by talking a lot. It's just that they, they don't know why they have a sore throat all the time. Mm-hmm. And then uh, most of the times is because if we go, ooh, then we say that your throat chakra is not open. Oh, we're, I'm, I'm down with the woo-woo, Cynthia. So <laughs> it, and it's very common. I've, I've noticed that most, um, many entrepreneurs and many creatives struggle with the, the throat chakra, mm. the solar plexus chakra as well, which is basically where the diaphragm is as well. Yes. Um, and it's those two chakras that are the ones that get, for lack of a better word, blocked in essence. Mm. Yes. So how do you unblock them? So we work on a few things. One is that we use the breath and the resonance to open up this area. And then the second one is that we also work with the mind. So because a lot of times when you have third chakra problems, it's because that you're not speaking up for yourself. You're holding back your words. So we work on the mental and emotional blocks that created those things in the first place. Cynthia, I am literally cheering right now that you said that because okay. it that is so true, especially um, the the throat chakra with with not speaking up for yourself, not saying what you mean, and not speaking with candor. Mm-hmm. So yes. often, as leaders, candor is not just speaking. Uh, is not just saying the truth. It's also saying those things that we, we want to withhold, mm-hmm. maybe f- at the sake of some other person's feeling or that with the desire to people please, but that, that withholding is also what gets stuck yes. in yes. the throat. Yeah. So there are also some of my clients, they have the heart chakra is closed. So mm-hmm. one of the things we do is to help them feel more and feel more authentically through their voices. How do you how do you lean into the feeling of of the heart through the voice? So one thing is that we want to, for example, one of the exercises we do is you started to pay attention to the words you say. For example, if we say the word uh, refreshing, so we don't just say it's refreshing, then it's, it doesn't sound mm-hmm. refreshing. Yeah. So, so then we are working on okay, how uh, what is it that refreshing is to you? if you can describe it with an image. Because if we want to go to the feeling, we have to go into the right brain, which is creativity images. And uh, so we started to visualize the image of refreshing, what's refreshing like. So for example, some of my clients, they will say, oh, I see a strawberry with uh, water drops. So that's very vivid. And then not only you have this image, you cannot just look at this image from afar, then you're still in a 
left brain world, which is objectively, uh, objectively observing. So then the very second step, it is very important that you must go into that image to experience that. And then, at, because emotion comes at a specific moment. So then we go into the image, experience it at a certain image, then we feel that. When you feel that, you say the word refreshing blown away by your brilliance Cynthia oh my goodness like that uh that is so true it is and it's something that I was working with a client on the other day mm -hmm. of of the words that you use you have a specific internal representation that it means to you mm, yes if I said the word mother uh mother to me means something very different than the word mother to someone who grew up with a single mom or to someone who grew up in a household with two dads yes. or to someone it like the, the word mother will connote a different image that has different sounds, different um, feelings, different pictures, different tastes, even if it's something like strawberries or the different smells and mm. different self-talk. Yes. Um, in that, in that whole visual image that is in your subconscious. That's right. That is so true because some of my clients, they are still very logical in the left brain. They will ask, they will see that they will say that, oh, just now when you were saying refreshing, your voice was uh, a little bit higher pitched, was a little bit like this, like that. So they were observing the techniques of the voice. And in, instead of getting into the feeling, and then I would tell them, I said, different people will have different interpretations of the same word. So that's why you cannot analyze the technique. You have to go into how you feel about this word. So true, because you have like as as much as you can model other people, mm -hmm. and while that is a, a tool that can be used, it's about getting into what is your personal experience with with that word and how can you apply that technique internally it change always starts at first from the inside yes. and then resonates yes. outwardly yeah so just this uh, one process itself it reveals a lot of problems so for example some of my clients would say oh how would people like to receive the word refreshing so, so they don't look at how they are authentically feeling, but they think about how would people like to receive this word. Then they would adopt certain way to say that word. Oh, and, and that is in one way looking for external validation for being That's able right. to say one word. And the problem with that strategy is that you, when you're speaking to a crowd of a hundred people, or even if it, when you're speaking to a crowd of 10, yes. everybody's going to have a different perception of how that would, word should and could be received. Yes, that's right. So why is it so important that we go inside to that feeling, to the experience of each word for ourselves versus looking externally? Because one is you can heal yourself because all these problems that you have one of the reasons is that you are seeking external validation instead of seeking internal validation and be more centered be more grounded 
So in order to be more centered, more grounded, and also authentic, you have to go inward to look for how you feel. Cheering. Completely cheering. <laughs> <laughs> Completely cheering. Um, because the, the thing is, is external validation, it, it's, it's nobody else's responsibility to believe in you. But if you're looking to other people to believe in you, then you're going to, because you'll never find what you don't see already within yourself. Yes. And I just, I love your whole construct of using the voice to guide this process of internal healing and expressing your authentic best self. Mm. So in the process and with my experience with, with, training high performers, when you're shifting your, your internal world, you're shifting in essence, your identity. Mm. And sometimes that identity can like shifting that identity. There's, there's some resistance to that. Obviously the ego wants to, to hold on to that identity. It craves being right. Mm -hmm. How do you break through using the voice to, to shift into a whole new identity, to shift into something that that is the version of you that you want to create. Mm. So it's more about uncover the real you. So that's um, the voice will help you to uncover the real you because all these current voices that a person has or how they sounds like is, is, is the result of all those disguises that we have put on. And when we are developing the voice, we are actually taking away all these layers, these layers of protection, these layers of external validation, these layers of looking perfect to other people. So that's uh, what we are actually helping um, my clients to do, which is to peel off all those layers that actually they don't belong to you in the first place. I call them plagiarized programming. <laughs> it, it, like it. it is, it is, you adopted somebody else's belief and yeah. well, that's what plagiarism is. It's yeah. you took somebody's idea and you made it your own. Yeah. And so it's, it's just plagiarized programming. The question yeah. is, is how can you strip away the plagiarism in order to uncover the version of you that, that really is that, that, that 100% connected to, to, to soul or whatever it is that you choose to believe in that, that, that conscious version of you, who you desire to, to be. Yes. And also when we are developing this voice in the process, we're doing a lot of exercises, making, making a lot of songs. And in the process, I always ask my clients, do you feel comfortable when you're making this song? Did you feel relaxed? Uh, did you like this song? So if you don't like them, don't feel comfortable. Most of the times you are doing it wrong and that's not your real voice. So most of the times when they really find their real voice, they will say, some of my clients, they say, I don't know why. I just like this voice. <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting um, uh, meter to guide yes. by. Yes. Is, is actually the connection to it it feeling good and not knowing the why they like it. That's yes. so commonly our conscious minds can, and our, and our thoughts can cloud with how things quote unquote should be, but mm. not necessarily how they are. And sometimes it's the, the, the whole 
basis is I don't know why, but um, this is the voice that feels most comfortable for me. Yes. And they're also the, uh, the opposite, where some of the clients, when they are practicing, there's one client, he said, this sound, I feel like, I feel like a frog. <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay, that's not, that's not your optimum voice yet. <laughs> and sometimes it can be trying on something and you know that it will fit or that it is supposed to fit or that it's something that you can fit into that you can lean into but at first there is that that beginning stages of maybe trying feeling out. uncomfortable have you noticed that uh so it's more about trying different trying out mm -hmm. mm. so i when love they are, yes oh go ahead uh, when they are making different songs and also the way they are making it if they don't feel comfortable most of times they are not there yet and once they find that once they were able to find the right sound the right resonance I always say that it's like they have come home. Oh, I love <laughs> that. That is so beautiful. And, and so 100% true. Mm. Um, I, I can speak from my own vocal journey mm -hmm. of, of how I used to show up 10, 15 years ago with my voice back when I lacked confidence, but was totally faking it until I made it, uh, <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure out who I was and, and what I was all about. And I was playing with it. I love the fact that you brought up playing with different of voice and allowing, almost testing something and then allowing for it not to be mm. anything other than what yes. it is. So with, with your experience, what are you most excited for in the realm of voice right now? You know, the more I do this work, um, the more I felt that I was chosen to do this work for this life. And uh, so I take it as my mission and also responsibility. And uh, so I think what I'm really excited about is really to help people not only just discover the power of their voice from the physical point of view, but also from a mental and emotional point of view so that they can really heal themselves by the power of the voice. So that's what I'm really excited about. And also to have more people in the world to be, um, to be impacted by the power of their own voices. So uh, I, I love your mission. I think, it's, I think it's absolutely beautiful that the voice can lead to so many powerful breakthroughs. I know when I'm working with a client, um, I've been able to, you can hear it. You can hear the breakthrough in, in the voice. And also you can see it in the small micro muscle movements of the face. Mm -hmm. And when they're on the verge of that breakthrough, the 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 shakiness of almost breaking through their own glass ceiling to 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 open up all the possibility that they'd had all that plagiarized programming current previously blocking it's it's one of the most rewarding experiences to to see and experience that as a coach as, as i'm sure you've you've experienced as well with your clients mm -hmm. yes yeah. so what would you say are are your biggest struggles now with your own voice? Um, 
I wouldn't say that it's a struggle, mm-hmm. but I would say that it's um, how I can. So the thing is, you know, even the voice is important, and we are using the voice every day. But still, you know, the people who realize the power of the voice is a very small percentage worldwide. So we have lost the ability to recognize the power of our voices. So my, if we say it's a struggle, my uh, challenge or struggle. Challenge, my, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so there are a few words in my vocabulary that, that I don't use. <laughs> struggle oh, is one of them. Okay, I love that. The, the other one is difficult. And uh, I had a friend, he always uses the word difficult. So I always count the word difficult he used. <laughs> so yeah, there's a few words in my vocabulary that I don't use. And, and like we said yeah. in the beginning, like these words mean something different to each of us. And so for me, struggled is not a word that is had that I have resistance toward Mm. suffering is a word that I'm like, Oh, no, thank you. Uh, (laughs) I just reject suffering. But struggle for me represents like a like a physical challenge or uh, some sort of uh, challenge. So let's use the word challenge. Yeah. So um, I would say that is how do I raise the awareness worldwide to make people realize the power of their voices. It's like all people are going for yoga a few years ago, many years ago. And I Mm -hmm. would imagine that one day everyone would go for developing their voice power. And because it's not because it is good for my business growth. It is good because there is vast potential in the voice. And I really want more people to realize and experience that. So that's, uh, how, that's um, kind of the challenge I'm having, how to have more people experience that. And uh, one of the things that I did was to have a TEDx talk to have more people realize that the long lost awareness and power of the voice. Mm. I think I love the fact that you are spreading your message. And just by being on this podcast, you are spreading your message to more and more people about the power of the voice and how it not only it will benefit your your business and your communication and your relationships, but it will also benefit your your own self. Yes. And I, I know one thing, um, when I was going through NLP certification and uh, which is neuro-linguistic programming, I'm sure you, you know, uh, you have, we ha- all have different representational systems that we learn, that we experience the world through. There's visual, there's auditory, there's kinesthetic, and there's auditory digital. And auditory digital is, uh, and I experience the world mostly through auditory, actually. Mm. And so my husband and I had a most, the, the most powerful breakthrough in our relationship, mm-hmm. um, a few years ago yeah. when we when he realized that he was speaking in a different representational system he's highly auditory digital um he's highly auditory digital but he uh but i'm auditory and so mm-hmm. when he would have the when we would have those conversations and if if we would be in a disagreement if he would say something curtly or shortly and it just kind of suddenly get a little jarring with his voice yeah. I would take it 10 times more personally or, or have a reaction that was stronger to it when 
he's not as auditory. Mm. So how in your experience have you been able to to navigate the the power of the voice for these highly auditory people who lead with that representational system like me? <laughs> yeah, you know, the auditories <laughs> so-called auditory people, it's a very small percentage. So um, you are the unique group. <laughs> Especially unicorns right here. Yes. So um, in, for me, I am kinesthetic and I am external kinesthetic, where that mm -hmm. when, I, when I learn new things, I have to experience it first. Mm -hmm. So auditory actually was something that I have developed so that's why I always tell my clients, I said, you see, even though I'm teaching voice, it actually helped me to develop the auditory system. So that means that everyone can develop that. So mm. what, uh, what we do is uh, we started to, first of all, that they started to listen to their own voices. So I always ask my clients to record themselves and then listen back to start to hear the nuances in their own voices first. Or they can just start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So that's where they started to grow their ability and hone their skills on listening. And then there are clients who started to uh, be able to tell the difference in other people's voices. And then they will come to share with me, oh, I hear this person's voice uh, was like this. I hear that person's voice was like that. So that's one way that they can start to develop their auditory ability. Mm. I love that. Now, how have you, let me pause while I formulate a question that with your, with your career trajectory, where do you see yourself in the next two years? What, what, what project or what thing would you love to, to look back and be so proud of 10 years from now? Mm. Um, you know, one of my heroes is uh, Malala, mm -hmm. a young girl. So even though she is still very young, but you see that the things that she has done was so, was so different and also make such a big impact. So I was uh, very inspired by her. And uh, that's why, you know, there were quite a few thoughts running in my head in the past one day there was this thought the thought said oh my god if i die if i die one day then people would not know the power of their voice <laughs> <laughs> so that's why i i was deciding on that day i said i have to do something <laughs> and uh, so i really want to make a bigger impact and uh, to even if I die, but people still can continue developing the power of their voices and can continue uh, see voice as such an important power. So 10 years from now, I really hope that I would be able to make a bigger impact and to have more people uh, get impacted by get inspired by their own voices. That is such a beautiful mission, and Malala is a is a hero of mine as well. With her her book was phenomenal mm. and so inspiring. The 
in your industry, have you noticed that there is um, a disparity between men and women struggling with their with their voices? Do you find that men, is it pretty equal with with people who are challenged with their voice, or do you find that there is more women than men, or or men than women? What have, what have you discovered? Uh, they are uh, differences. So, for example, women, uh, they came to me. One is their voice uh, was soft. And uh, two is that um, I find there are more women uh, having the throat chakra problems than men. Mm-hmm. And uh, also the other problem is uh, women's pitch is higher. And uh, there are also more women have nasality problems. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're men uh, do not suffer these problems, but they mm-hmm. are men. Uh, I, do, I did have clients, who male clients, who also had a very nasal voice, but the percentage was very small. Mm. For men, it's more about one, one is <laughs> more men have a monotonous voice. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Aww, poor men. <laughs> So they're not as expressive as women. And uh, do you think that's one, because of the emotion that that women yes. are are more naturally? Yeah. So because yeah, because we are more wired to to feel. Mm-hmm. So the other problems for men is uh, that they want to build the so-called the bass sound in their voice. Mm-hmm. I have a deeper voice. And what? With building up that base, is that building up the breath? Oh, so it's uh, breath is one. The other one is they have to develop more resonance in their voice. And, and that resonance, where does that resonance land in the body? Uh, so more will be in the chest cavity. Mm. Fascinating. Your work is, is just fascinating. So with though the work that you have done Mm -hmm. how do you feel that women specifically because my audience is mostly women Mm. um can hone their voice if you were to have if if somebody were to come up to you and and ask you in 30 seconds to give your best piece of advice that they could walk away and put into practice immediately what would you say that they could do in 30 seconds? Um, Two things. One is that uh, the first thing we talked about is to be more relaxed. So when they are, before they go into meetings, important presentations, Mm -hmm. important phone calls, they can take a few sigh to relax. But this sigh, you see, is not uh, a depressed sigh. It's a joyful and relief. Uh, So it's, ah. And so that's one thing they can do. <clears throat> the other one is because when people are nervous, this is where people, uh, most people got it wrong, which is that they feel when they are nervous, they have to take more breath. It is actually the opposite because when you're nervous, you are holding the breath. So instead of taking more breath in to get you more tense, you actually uh, need to breathe out first, purposely breathe out when you realize you are tense. So purposely breathe out and then you take another breath in then you use the breath to speak. I hope everyone was taking notes in the, over the course of this episode because Cynthia has delivered a masterclass in, in 
breath and voice work and mastering that. And it's only the beginning. I mean, I I know your work is deeply extensive. Mm -hmm. So it's, I am so honored that you have shared so much and so grateful. How do you think being a woman has, has helped you in your, in your career? Um, so I think it helps me, um, be able to relate to women. Um, so imagine, you see, imagine a man doing voice training. So then women probably don't feel related. And uh, so for me, I, I, I am able to relate to a lot of women. And uh, so I know the struggles and I know what women are good at and what women are or need to improve more of. So that's one thing that it helped me. And at the same time that it also, um, it also helped me to raise the voice for women because they, they are all kinds of things that women can do. It's the same for voice training or coaching. It's not only just uh, men can do, but also women can do to help women uh, raise the profile as well. So what is the biggest lesson you've learned along your your 20-year journey of, of executive voice coaching? Um, the biggest thing that I've learned is to, to really check in at any time, really check in with how I am feeling. So if I don't feel right, if I don't feel good about doing certain things or saying certain things, then I would not do that or say that. If I feel, uh, feel okay, or if I feel that this is something that I must say, I must do, then I would go and do and go and say it. So it's really to check in with how you are feeling at every moment. Mm. How has how has the course how has your voice specifically changed from when you started on your path to where you are now? Mm. So when I started, my voice was uh, not full. It was deep <laughs> when I <laughs> when I was young. Since young, I had a deeper voice. And that's why when I was singing, I was singing most of the lower and the middle range. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so what developed in the first place was the fullness in my voice. And then uh, the second area was the whole spectrum of the expressiveness in my voice. So that's where I started to experience the beauty of our life that it can offer because it not only offers the rational side, but also offers the right brain world, which is so beautiful. And so that was the second area that I developed, which also gave me so many appreci- so much appreciation towards life itself. Cynthia, you astound me. You truly, <laughs> truly astound me. And your voice is so comforting. I know on your website, you reference Morgan Freeman and, and his voice. Yes. <laughs> Everyone knows Morgan Freeman's voice. Yes. <laughs> it is just, it is so resonant and deep and, and comforting. Where would you like your voice to be in, in 10 years time? Um, or do you set goals for what you are working on with your own voice? 
So I do not have goals for my voice because once you developed your optimum voice, you 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 are at home. Mm. So I am at home with my voice. So do you ever I, need a remodel? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there will be no remodeling. <laughs> so when you find this home base, it's like the so-called you find your authentic self, you find your true self or spiritual self. Mm-hmm. So I have found that home base. And uh, yeah, so that's the reason that I don't feel there is a, there's another spiritual self that I need. So I have found it. There's such a beautiful centeredness that your voice expresses. And I, I'm, I know all of our audience can hear that because it's, it's grounded. It is that spiritual home base of, of where you land. And so I love the fact that you expanded on that. So let's get into a little bit of rapid fun fire for just to, to wrap things up. Are you ready for it? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) So who is your favorite female character in a movie and why? Mm. Um, So the the first one came to my mind was uh, Jennifer Lawrence. (laughs) Oh, yeah? Yes. So I think a lot of characters that she has portrayed, I like. Um, Like the one in in The Hunger Game. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, overall that the reason I like almost every character that she portrayed was because of the authenticity in her, the authenticity and the uh, the depths that she understands this character. So it may not be a female character in a movie, but almost every character that she portrayed. I I couldn't agree with you more. I am a huge Jennifer Lawrence fan. <laughs> if you were queen of a country, what would be your prime focus? Um, the prime focus would be that how to better people's lives in a way that this is also the life that they want to live. Mm. So that would be my, my focus. I love that. Yeah, not not other people's lives of what they expect for it to be, but their their yeah. own choice. So you see, this is actually the advantage for women because for women, we're always thinking about how to uh, be of service to other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what would you consider to be your kingdom? Um, My kingdom would be a group of people who are like-minded, who are also enjoying helping other people. And then we are gathering around and we are uh, together in this kingdom to, to make more contribution to the world. Mm. I want to be a part of your kingdom. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. What woman would you want to trade places with just for a day? Um, Just for a day. Um, 
Yeah, probably, you know, uh, someone like uh, Dalai Lama. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> yes. So I think he was one of the uh, people who was inspiring me uh, uh, in my journey, especially my early journey. And, uh, and also, I always look up to him. You see that he is very calm, but he has such a big impact and he mm -hmm. has such a big uh, following. And by his calmness, that he would be able to uh, transform people. So if I can trade one day <laughs> with him, that would be great. What daily habits have best served you to hone your voice? Um, it's, uh, it's something that I started last year. <laughs> yeah? I didn't start it long, even though there are so many people talking about it. It was uh, meditation. So I didn't know until I started to practice it. So since last year, every day I spend about sometimes five minutes, sometimes 10 minutes to do meditation. It has been so helpful because it gave me the time to get quiet, to really listen to uh, how I feel, to listen to what I need or want the most. Mm, I love that. I recently began the, uh, the practice of transcendental meditation uh, back in July. Mm -hmm. transformative work yes transformative yeah if you had to have your success at twice the speed how would you have done it um i think it's uh collaborate more collaborate collaboration so our own every one of us my ability is limited and also there are things that i'm good at there are also things that i'm not good at so if I can collaborate with someone who can um, complement my so-called weaknesses, I think that'll help me to progress much faster. Mm, a rising tide lifts all boats. It's one of my favorite <laughs> quotes. And lastly, how do you crown yourself? Um, I would crown myself um as someone who uh so <laughs> someone who never gives up mm. yes resilience is essential <laughs> yes cynthia it has been a pleasure where can we find you how can we work with you how do we get a copy of your book tell us all sure and uh it, it was also very enjoyable talking with you as well. Thank so, you so much. Yeah, people can, uh, can, one is that they can go to my YouTube channel. So my YouTube channel has over 150 videos and we have about 29.5K uh, subscribers now. So we're, <laughs> hopefully we can reach 30K very soon. You will, you will for sure. 100K. Yeah. So then uh, they can go to YouTube and search Cynthia Voice Coach. Then they will be able to find my channel. And the other way they can uh, start to uh, experience the voice work is my three-part free video lessons. So in that uh, three-part video lessons, I went through the step-by-step -step system that will help them develop their powerful voice. So they can go to bit.ly forward slash voice crash course. And uh, 
to get uh, a copy of my book, they can go to Amazon and then just also uh, search Cynthia uh, Voice Coach. They should be able to find the book. And that book is titled Influence Through Voice. Yes. Cynthia, it has been such a pleasure. I, I truly hope every single person was taking notes. And if you weren't taking notes, if you were driving, hopefully you weren't taking notes while driving, um, <laughs> then, then I hope you go back, listen to this again, take notes and start practicing. Get Cynthia's step-by-step -step system. Start practicing honing the resonance of your voice and your breath and feel the confidence that you will get just by shifting the tonality of how you communicate. Mm -hmm. It has been so wonderful having you on, Cynthia. Thank you so, so much. And for all of you out there, if you love this episode, please take a screenshot of it. Tag me on Instagram at crown yourself now and let me know what was your top takeaway? How are you going to start practicing your voice? How are you going to start honing that amazing authentic self that you are and stripping away all that plagiarized programming using the vessel of your voice to guide you there. Thank you so much for listening and remember to own your throne, mind your business, because your reign is now. For tuning in today. If what you heard resonated with you, be sure to subscribe and share your breakthroughs and ahas with me by leaving a review on iTunes so I can keep the magic flowing your way. And if you aren't already following us on social media, come experience the extra inspiration and queenly convos on Instagram at crown yourself now or visit our website at crownyourself.com. I am so excited to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, go out there and create a body business and life that rules.